New search warrants detail the days leading up to the stabbing. Investigators are searching both Cannon and Louisa Cutting's social media accounts for clues. In a warrant for Cannon's cell phone records, officers wrote that Alexa was one of the numerous people who called 911 the morning she was stabbed to death. And police found her phone in her hand when they arrived. They also wrote that Cannon had talked about the problems she was having with her suspected killer to others on social media and her phone before it happened. Cutting remains in jail on a charge of second-degree murder. A court date has yet to be determined. A walk among the stars, the monsters, the paranormal, and supernatural. Join your tour guides, Justin and Josh, on this cryptic journey through life and beyond. What you may not know is you've been on this journey for a long time, and you've finally arrived. Join us and our cult by subscribing to this podcast and giving us a generous five-star rating. With doing so, your soul will be set and the afterlife defined. Welcome to It's Cryptic Out There. Welcome everybody to It's Cryptic Out There podcast. I'm your host, Justin, alongside my co-host, Josh. What's up, my feral people? There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Brought it back on a special party edition. Party edition because it's somebody's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Joshua's birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. Also, uh, my sister's birthday. So oh, yeah, that's right. Happy birthday. And Joe Rogan's birthday. And Hulk Hogan's birthday. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. When I look up famous birthdays, I'm like, Hulk Hogan and Joe Rogan. That's wow. Awesome. Yeah. Very much so. I don't know if I have a celebrity, you know, birthday. Maybe. Probably like it could even be like a Z-list celebrity. Yeah. Like I'm like negative Z. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I have a surprise for you since it's your birthday. Voila! <laughs> for the listeners, I it's an envelope. Oh man! Oh, this is awesome. Purple edition. I know. Oh, the purple white. Yes. Wow! Look at that. <laughs> it's just like the one we have hanging up. That's yep. perfect, man. I gotta get this framed. I love this. Yeah, man. I love, I'm going to have to get you to sign it. Okay. You know. sign it too. Yeah. <laughs> no one will ever know because it'll be hidden. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the listeners, it's the uh, the poster we have behind me. Um, it's me and Josh with the It's Cryptic Out There podcast uh, From font. Summer Slasher. Yes. When we had the photographer come. Yes, the premiere of Summer Slasher. Take pictures of us. That was... Iconic photo. Iconic. Yes. For an iconic movie, too. Mm-hmm. Which we're definitely going to talk about at some point. No doubt. No doubt. Watch along. I mean, we got to. We, we have literally to. have to. It's a must. Yeah. It's a must. So there's so much that happened behind the scenes of every single movie that yeah. we did. So much adversity that we overcame. So much luck that we had. Pain. Just pain. Literal, literal 
suffering. I have actual blood in St. Albans. Yeah. Literal blood in St. Albans. It's so. left there for the spirits. Well, maybe one will just like take my blood and then kind of like, what's that Pokemon? Muck, maybe, or something like that. I have no idea. Turns into, it can just morph into any other Whoa. Pokemon. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. A Josh spirit. <sighs> well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. I don't know if there needs to be two of me. No. We will be talking about spirits here in just a sec. A lot's gone on. A lot. A lot's gone on. First a off, lot. have you had a good birthday today? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a good birthday. Nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've enjoyed it as much as I I can. Mm-hmm. And that's been pretty chill. Your beard looks extra thick today for some reason. So? Yeah. I did a nice. Uh, I have beard conditioner. Oh, okay. So when I showered, I. Ran through the shampoo. Like beard oil or like just conditioner? I gave it like the works. Oh, okay. Like shampoo, conditioner, put some beard oil in there. Yeah, that's what I did. Took a brush, brushed it out. Nice. Well, a lot has been developing behind the scenes after the latest episode of Louisa Cutting. Yeah, yeah. So we... We went ahead and went to the apartment that Louisa Cutting murdered Alexa Cannon in. We contacted the complex to see if they were okay with us investigating, pretty much. Because we were afraid that the current residents may have been unaware of what had happened. And... You know, we looked it up, and there's, like, a lot of stuff that said that, no, they do have to let them know, but Mm -hmm. then also other stuff that said, no, you don't have to let them know, only in case of, like, a traumatic experience or something like that. Would you think a murder would be a traumatic experience? Exactly, yeah. So. (laughs) That's probably the most, you know... The craziest thing you probably should tell somebody. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would want to know. Yeah, exactly. Know, if crazy things are going on. Right. I could at least, you know, yeah. have the cryptic boys come out there. The cryptic and- boys. <laughs> so, we kind of recorded our travelings over there, and we'll play them right now, and we'll come back to you. So, we are here at the apartment complex where Louisa Cutting brutally murdered Alexa Cannon. However, we're in a kind of a pickle. <laughs> it's private property, and we're unsure if we would be capable of knocking on the door. And if someone were to answer and they didn't know the backstory of all this, that they didn't know that they were living in a, you know, house where the Someone most got, horrific crime, one of the most horrific crimes in the area was committed. Yeah, so and it's Sunday, so that's the other thing too. So Try to call the leasing office. Leasing office is closed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the pickle we're in at the moment, but we'll, we'll get some shots of I guess the apartment and then tomorrow, which will be Monday, we'll try and call the leasing company and see if we can at least get more information out of them, yeah. like what their process was, maybe if we can even come here. Yeah. Because students haven't moved back in yet. There's That's like true. really nobody here. 
So yeah, that's where we're at right now. But um, just stay tuned, I guess. calling our community. We will connect your call shortly. If you are a current resident or their guarantor, press 3 at any time. If you are looking for a new home and you'd like to receive a text from us after your call that will allow you to schedule a tour as well as text with us in the future, press 1. If you do not agree to text, press 2. Thank you. This is Justin Smith. I'm um I host a true crime podcast called It's Cryptic Out There and I was just wanting to see if you are aware of the Louisa Cutting and Alexa Cannon case that happened back in 2019 at your complex. Okay, so we're back at the apartment where Louisa Cutting brutally murdered her roommate, best friend, potentially... Lover. Lover. Yeah. We're back. As you could see in the previous clip... I called the complex and they said they didn't really have a problem with us, you know, coming to and interviewing the residents. So they may not know the the story of the apartment. So we're going to try our best to kind of keep it chill yeah. and not freak them out as bad as one might do. <laughs> we're going to we're going to fish. Yeah. We're going to fish and see what they know about the place. Yes. Yes. So, uh... Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We're not going to record unless... We're allowed to. We're allowed to. So, yeah. So, yeah. Let's do it. Go. (laughs) So, yeah, you saw that we attempted to go, and then we were kind of unsure if we should speak to the uh, apartment uh, complex complex, uh, leasing company or mm -hmm. whatever. And then I called them. They said they had no problem. They also said they never had any reports of any paranormal activity, which was kind of interesting. It's interesting, but also I could see yourself being a young adult straight out of high school, really. Yeah. Living on your own or your first year of college. You know, you're 19. Right. 19 years old. You know, you might not pick up the phone to call. There's a ghost in my yeah, house. Right. There's a ghost in my house. Right. Because they might be like, shut up, kid. Yeah. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to think to take you seriously, but we will. Absolutely. And if you do have any experiences like that, Justin, what number should they call? The cryptic hotline is 540-358-1583. You know, as we get deeper into it, like, I think we would like to... We, we've talked about learning how to do, like, paranormal investigation. Absolutely, yeah. I think we've joked about being the Ghostbusters so much that it's starting to... I'm Zach Bagan's number one fan. I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> I love it. I tend to stay away. Right. And... 
keep on the Hawaiian shirts and keep the party going. Yes, if you are watching the the show visually, we are wearing Hawaiian shirts for the celebration of Josh's birthday. I said, hey, you know, let's take it light this yeah. time. Let's do something a little. Yeah. Step out. A Plus, bit. I'm going on vacation. That's right. So that that yeah. kind of connects everything. Yeah. It does. yeah. <laughs> nice. And just one big button. Right. <laughs> so we. We went a second time, as you as you saw, and nobody was there, unfortunately. Yeah, no. So we that left sucks. a note on the door, but unfortunately, they haven't reached out to us. Yeah, and it was a pretty good note too. Come I on. thought so too. You know. you know, the cryptic hotline number was on there. Even though the pin, the pin sucked. <laughs> Watching Justin deal with this pin, God, that was entertainment all in itself. It was horrible. We get just. Two letters in. Two just, letters in, and it just fades. And Justin like, would be like, "This damn pen! <laughs> yeah. I swear, God! I thought we were gonna have to break out the sage just for the, the pen." Right, right. But well, we wrote it out. Unfortunate set of circumstances, you know. Like, it would have been cool to at least talk to him a little bit, mm-hmm. even if they would have been like, "No." Also, though, like you can only go so far. At some point, like we always say, the cryptic door shuts, and you don't want to open it back up. Yeah. But yeah, that doesn't mean you don't explore other avenues, right? Absolutely. And I think that leads us to our next thing. So yeah, we actually wrote a note, a letter, which you may have seen on the Facebook page. On the Facebook page, to Louisa Cutting herself. We wrote a note just to see if she would be interested in talking to us about her experience. So we're waiting to hear back from from her if she even gets it. Hopefully yeah. she gets it and maybe she'll write us back. And if so, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit indeed. Yeah. That would be just you know, we even mentioned in the letter itself like what really inter- interested us mm-hmm. in talking to you is saying the devil made me do it like what's the paranormal aspect here, you know, like Yeah. That's what we're Kind of trying to get at, really. Yeah, we want to know. As of right now. Yeah. Also, you know, like, what happened in fucking Cancun, man? Yeah. I think about that every day. Yeah. I literally think about that every day. Because to me, that is, like, brought up so much between them. Like, that's their big common denominator that really the cemented. Yeah. Like, that's what cemented their relationship. And it seems like Louisa really took care of Alexa mm-hmm. in that. And, you know, with the whole possibility of a romance or something like that it just really makes you wonder what happened on that trip because according to i mean like from the sources we saw of alexa's comments on social media she seemed in love with louisa i know and and like we even made the comment like who makes that in-depth of a post like yeah you would might think of that as Alright, this is a boyfriend and a girlfriend like three months into their relationship. Right. right. You know, where it's just that overly affectionate. Not that it's a problem by any means. No. You know, show your affection however you want to. But the, unless you're going to murder your fucking girlfriend. God, and, yeah. You know, maybe take a step back. Yeah. Like like the the butterflies feeling. Yeah, that, like that post. newness. Yeah. That newness of it, yeah. you know, which like the comment I just made is more so of when you see people like that and it doesn't end out in like a fairy tale or something mm-hmm. like that, it gives you that really eerie feeling. Yep. You know, wow. So, like, what 
what even went wrong? Right. You know, like what was the, what happened? Yeah. And that's what that's what we want to know. Yeah, exactly. And all you can do is at least reach out and ask and see. And obviously, you take what she says with a grain of salt, whatever she says, and yeah, go from there. Right. See see how it compares to everything else. Because we I, we have reliable sources. Yes, I, we do. I honestly, yeah. can say that we yeah. we have reliable sources. And we may not be able to say or whatever, but trust us. <laughs> That's journalistic integrity, baby. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Uh, this started off as us just talking about aliens and Sasquatches, and right. now it's just, it's gotten too deep. It's getting deep. It's getting real deep. It's, it's gotten so deep that this next thing we're going to be talking about is insane. <laughs> yeah, my God. <laughs> so we get... Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> so... We get an email from a certain somebody who tells us some wild stuff that might be linked to the apartment complex and its dark history. It might be far-fetched, but at this point, we'll take it. It's time to get in the cryptic bus and strap in. We're going for a ride. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That needs to be quoted. Hey. (laughs) Title of the show. Yes. So this gentleman called the hotline, and he left several voicemails. As as you'll hear, hear, uh, I'm not sure how long it is. We haven't listened to it yet. But we will play it here in a sec, and we will come back to you and just try and you know, deconstruct what he said and theorize, you know, if it's linked to Louisa, if it's linked to Morgan, who I spoke to in the last episode with sleep paralysis. There's also some personal stuff, personal stories about Radford that I can tell Yeah, that has made me think, I know we had a conversation one time like, what makes this area so messed up? And you were like, ah, oh, water pollution and air pollution. Right. That's not according to... That's not from me. That was just from a source that... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, for me, there... I think that there is just so much... It's like energy, maybe. I don't know. Dark energy around His, here. Dark history. Dark history, energy. That leads think, energy. like... Uh, Virginia Tech, you know, that was Native American land yeah. at one point, you know, um, and who knows what happened. Right, right. History only tells us how well the Native Americans were treated by the U.S. Right. Um, and then just, you know, these murders and stuff that happened and people around the area being so violent, especially as we've done this podcast, we've uncovered stuff that, like, you know, my parents have lived here. My dad was born in 1960 mm-hmm. and has lived in this area his entire life. And he's seen it all. He's seen it all. And he's a quiet guy. Right. But, like, he's never, like, even in conversations of, oh, do you remember this murder or whatever. Like, the old Appalachians haven't talked about it. Right. That's right. really what it is. Yeah. So, to learn this now. Like, yeah. Whoa. And just in general with the podcast, like, people reaching out and talking about history of Giles, history of Blacksburg, history of Radford, wherever, you know, somewhat close around here. It's it's interesting because some people want to forget about the stuff. Yeah, and it's hard for them to you know revisit it. Yeah, you know, because I think like now, even though I make the jokes like I hate ghosts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I feel like now if I saw it, 
I wouldn't be as like you know shaggy and scooby and run in place yeah and then bolt out of there with a right. cloud of dust behind me right you know i think now i'd be like okay maybe we can try and process this situation you know yeah. that might me be might be me being an idiot but also it's kind of like well if there's it's this other side if there's this other side that we can reach because yeah. like we say on this podcast all the time you know, you need to listen with an open mind. And right. Take everything with an open mind. Right. You know, and try to assess of the possibility of how realistic this can be. And I think now, as we hear these stories and learn more, especially uh, with the Gina Renee Hall, yeah, and Andy's interaction, yeah, with with her and everything, just lets you know, like, okay, there's another side that can be reached, mm-hmm. and if it's exposing itself to me. Maybe it's either it's trying to tell me something. You know, right. It doesn't have to be as evil as we make it out to be. Right. And like you said, uh, people who listen to the show, watch the show, they're open-minded about this crazy cryptic stuff, whether it's you know paranormal, supernatural, whatever. And like you said, uh, it was a last episode or episode before... You want the weirds, you're here for the weird, or something like that. You are here for the weird. Yeah. And this, you wouldn't be listening if you weren't... Exactly. If you weren't here, you wouldn't click on It's Cryptic Out Here to right. not learn about cryptic stuff. Exactly. Or to hear about it or whatever. Yes. Even if you're here for the small town, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're a local listener who really wants to hear about this murder or whatever, mm-hmm. like, it's going to get weird. Very weird. Yeah. And what you're about to hear is very weird. And I know you have an open mind, just like us. We'll have theories on why this may be linked to a gruesome, terrible murder, but it's just a theory, and it's 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 interesting. Yeah, that's all it is. Hey, we're you know we're taking it all in. You yeah, know? I mean the whole romance stuff that we talked about mm-hmm. I had no idea until we no idea. started digging into it. Yeah, I and it makes sense. It does. Yeah. So when you. But we, that doesn't mean it's true. That doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's true. No. It's just a theory. Yeah. So, and literally, does this does not mean it's true. No. Just a theory. And what you're about to hear makes sense, but it doesn't mean it's true, like you said. So let's just go ahead and play it, and then we'll get back with you guys right after. My name is Rob. I'm originally from Giles, and I currently live in Montgomery County. I'm a public safety dispatcher. I've been doing it for a long time. When I got interested in the career, well, I sort of fell into it as a means of obtaining financial aid when I was in college. It was many years ago, about 30 years ago, when I was a student at Radford University in the late 80s and the early 90s. While there, I was studying philosophy and political philosophy. I obtained my degree in that before I went out into the wide world to get a job. When I was there at Radford, I used to hear lots of spooky tales, urban legends of a kind all across campus. A lot of times, many of the students would venture into the steam tunnels that ran underneath campus. 
these large areas that allow people to access the HVAC from the power plant. There was always the urban legend that there were giant flesh-eating rats in the steam tunnels. I don't know anyone ever saw them. I'm sure there were rats down there. But there is occasionally the story of people who went in and never came out. I don't think those were actually true. It's just another urban legend. The tunnels were pretty scary. A time or two, I barely went into them. They were dark and spooky, filled with machinery, echoing. Scary enough without giant flesh-eating rats. For at least my freshman year, I lived in Muse Hall, which was a 13-story building on campus, one of the tallest buildings in the region at the time. There was urban legend was passed down every year to incoming freshmen of the dude who had hung himself from Muse Hall's 12th-floor balcony. Some said it was over a girlfriend. Some said bad grades. Whatever the reason, it was never confirmed. But everyone always said that was why the balcony doors were welded shut. No one could ever get out into the balconies or the common rooms from that tall building. The only experiences I ever had while working the night shift at the campus occurred during the summertime when the campus was mostly empty. And I'd got a job there to try to make extra cash to help pay for my next year of college. I worked from midnight to 8 a.m. And around 3 or 4 in the morning, I'd get to take a break. So I'd go out and wander about campus. Late at night, eat lunch by the fountain, snag a cup of coffee at the 7-Eleven. I used to encounter a couple that strolled campus late at night with a really large dog. They were an older couple, or at least in my opinion they were. At the time, I was only 20, 21. They were probably in their mid-30s. It's ancient when you're 20. They dressed in a very goth fashion, lots of dark clothing, lots of heavy jewelry. They both had long, dark hair, a man and a woman. They both wore dark glasses, even in the dead of night. After seeing each other a few times, we began speaking, saying hello, and after a few more times passing the time of day, or night as it were, they were big Anne Rice fans. She was very popular at the time, the author of the vampire stories, with the vampire Lestat. They fancied themselves as vampires of a kind. They were very friendly, fascinating, a little macabre, but they weren't really dangerous. Well, I don't think they're actually vampires. For all I know, they're still wandering the campus at night. And if they are vampires, they're probably still in their ancient 30s. I also, once during the witching hour, saw what I thought was a ghost on campus. I was wandering campus on a foggy, hot summer night. I could hear the cicadas talking to each other. Everything else was dead silent. Off in the distance, I saw a vague, pale form of a woman standing inside one of the buildings, just hovering there, staring out at me. She never moved, and she was absolutely stone still and white as marble. It turned out that she was stone still because she was marble. I forced myself to walk up towards her, 
and discovered that it was the statue of Pocahontas inside the lobby of one of the buildings. The statue was a well-known campus artifact that had been donated to the theater department or to the history department of the campus many, many years before I started. The statue didn't really have a permanent home and they would move it from building to building during the year. But at some point, someone had moved into the lobby, the glass front of one of the buildings. I remember being absolutely terrified when I saw it and laughing out loud when I saw what it was. What all these urban legends were popular stories were the things I encountered were sort of fun, spooky things. There were people that seemed to experience the real thing at Rafford. I had friends who lived over some of the businesses down on Main Street, uh, the theater, a couple of the bars. They lived in a real warren of apartments. They had twisted and winding hallways. They had doors set at odd angles. A couple of windows that basically just looked out at brick walls across a narrow alleyway between a couple of the buildings. And some of the folks that lived there talked about poltergeists that haunted the place. They could hear them walking around, knocking on doors, opening and closing doors, the usual things. One of the girls that I knew in college told me that she and her roommate apparently had a spirit in their apartment. The spirit would open and shut the bedroom and closet doors. They would hear it pacing the floor at night, just walking around the apartment, but no one was ever there. My friend told me that once, while cooking, she laid a spatula next to the pot on the stove. She turned around in the small, narrow kitchen to the refrigerator, got what she needed, and when she turned back around, the spatula was gone. She never found it again. That poltergeist had a pretty annoying but freaky sense of humor. But it did scare her and her roommate. I actually contacted a guy I knew there at the time. I didn't know him well. I had him in a couple of classes, and I would see him around. His name was Adam. He was a self-described warlock and practitioner of magic. They wanted him to exercise the spirit. I remember him because Adam often wore a punk-styled outfit, lots of frayed denim. He wore fingernail polish, which was very unusual for men to wear at the time. He had an actual mohawk that was about six or eight inches tall that he brushed full of gel to keep up. And he wore as protection an amulet on his finger that was a cross-section of a prosthetic eye. I just found him fascinating. I didn't know if I much believed the notion that he was an actual warlock or not. But they did. And my friends had asked him to come and get rid of the spirit. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he did an exorcism ritual or just burned some sage. But whatever he did, it seemed to work. For a while, they didn't have any problem with the poltergeist. Then one afternoon, when they were there by themselves, there was a knock at the door. They yelled, come in, but no one actually came into the apartment. One of them got up and went to the door and opened it. There was no one in the hallway, no one in sight. They couldn't hear anyone walking up or down the hallway. They assumed it was just an accident. They shut the door and went back to their business. Very soon after that, the poltergeist activity resumed. When they mentioned it to Adam, 
He had asked him, had any visitors who weren't actually there. One of the things they told him was about the knock at the door, and he explained to them that when they told the knocking person to come in, that it was actually the spirit, and that they had invited the spirit back into the house. So the poltergeist was back in their apartment. I don't know if he ever tried to get rid of it again or not, but I know that they had actually let it back in. I made a note to myself at that point that for the rest of my life, I would never just yell, come in. I would physically go to the door to see if someone was there first. Better to take no chances. When I was at Radford, for a brief time, I dated a girl named Jean. Jean lives in an apartment on Clement. It's been so long, about 30 years, I can't remember exactly the address. One of the apartments was very similar to the ones from the Lisa Cutting story and from your podcast. I don't know if they were the same buildings or the same complex. I know she lived in one of the buildings up the first flight of stairs. Even the picture of the door that you put on the, the podcast looked the same color, very familiar. So I can't swear it's the same building, but it struck me as the same. Jean had been looking for a place to live, and a friend of a friend told her that there were two girls that lived in one of the apartments who were looking for a roommate. She would only have to pay a third of the rent on a two-bedroom place. Since the two girls were dating and lived together, they shared a room. The finances seemed very amenable, so Jean took that apartment. Things went very well for a while. She talked about the Two girls were friendly. They shared meals, watched a lot of television together. Occasionally went out shopping or to a, to a night out together. After a couple of weeks, she started talking about that the girls were weird, freaky. They had a vaguely goth look, the dark clothes, the dark makeup. I only met them once or twice. I remember them marrying them. Pentagrams, but that was more of a fashion statement at the time than anything else, and I didn't think much about it. The Jean said that she thought they were, in her words, devil worshippers. When I asked her to elaborate, the only thing I remember her talking much about was that they would often chant. She said they chanted. At night, they did spells, as she called them, when the moon was full. But they burned a lot of candles and incense, but a lot of us did, for reasons other than witchcraft. We were trying to hide the smell. The Jews said that they occasionally do these things, not really in front of her, but they didn't really hide what they were doing. She said because it made her uncomfortable, she would often go to her room, shut the door. Some of the things she described to me that I can vaguely remember was them using a, she said they would often use an ornate knife. And the way she described it, it had a, a large hilt and a large blade. They didn't use it for anything dangerous so much as, as she would say, hold it up at the moon, upside down like a cross when they chanted things. She talked about them drawing pentagrams. 
And she talked about them, what we call now, calling the points of the compass, calling the directions. I know these things now as part of the Gardnerian Wiccan or witchcraft practices used to call down the moon or to draw a circle of power. At the time, I wasn't very familiar with them, and the only way to find out anything was to go to the library or some of the used bookstores around Blacksburg and Radford. Fortunately, there were small collections of books on the occult and things like that, so it was easy to find some of the information. I believe that they were practicing a Gardnerian form of Wiccan or witchcraft. Uh, Gerald Gardner, in the, I believe, the late 40s, maybe, and early 50s, wrote a series of books about the Wiccan religion that established what is sort of considered the modern practice of witchcraft. He wanted to give people a tradition of ancient practices, older practices, so that everyone was doing the same thing the same way. And even though I know covens today modify the practices a great deal to fit their own traditions, uh, he had produced a book of shadows that talked about how to uh, draw the circle of power to initiate new members, call down the moon. They use them to enhance spells and summon spirits. But in those days, it was a very, very new experience for me. And while Jean took it as an evil approach to her Christianity, I merely thought of it as another practice in a long line of, of religion. Jean herself said that while it made her very nervous, and occasionally she would have nightmares, she never mentioned anything like sleep paralysis or seeing large, dark figures. She would just have nightmares about running, running away, usually out of fear of supernatural things. But I don't remember ever specifying anything about what they were. Well, the girls themselves never threatened Jean. They never harmed her. I think she was more afraid of their practice, what she perceived as an affront to her Christianity. Over the decades, I have learned that witchcraft itself is not inherently evil, and the practice of it rarely has anything to do with the devil. The true witchcraft practiced by true witches is the attempt to get closer to nature and to use the power of nature itself as a positive influence in their lives and the lives of others. It is possible that the practitioners in that apartment, the two girls, were very inexperienced. Perhaps they were practicing gray or black magic in an effort to be successful in one thing or another. And if that inexperience led to them opening a doorway or summoning something, a spirit or a being, that they were unable to control. Perhaps if they did, perhaps if it is the same building, Perhaps it is still there. Perhaps it was something looking for an opportunity. Perhaps it was something that was always there and they just got their attention. It may have had nothing to do with them at all. 
it may only be linked to the Lisa Cutting story if it is the same building. But there seemed to be so much activity, so much paranormal activity going on there around Radford campus and off campus that it may be linked to it or maybe just more of the same. I believe Lisa really saw the devil. I think she did. I think she saw the devil when she attacked her roommate. I'm sure she saw the devil afterwards. I don't know if it's the fallen star we think of as Lucifer. I don't know if it's an actual demon or being from another plane. But I think she saw the face of evil. She saw it in herself, or she saw it in that room. The thing that interests me the most about the story is the fact that she described quite a potent cocktail of drugs and alcohol, and that she was never tested for it. That seems very odd to me. It seems odd to me that she and her friend were very close in the trips they took and the time they spent together. I just wonder what went wrong and when it went wrong and caused her to do what she did. Perhaps it was an influence from something outside of who she really was. I don't know what happened in that apartment when Jean was there. I only know how it was described. And over the years, as I have become more familiar with the practice, I could see how they may have used it to try to twist something to their own advantage and failed to do so and cause something to happen that they couldn't control. I don't know if it's the same building. I don't even know if it's the same block. But I know if they did call something up, perhaps it is still there. I don't ever know what happened to Jean either. I haven't talked to her for decades. But I hope that everyone involved, her and her former roommates, are doing okay. She didn't live there long when she moved out. We lost touch, but I know she was happier not living there. I really enjoy you guys' podcast. I wish I had more exact information for you. When I was listening to your follow-up, it struck that chord of memory, and I wanted to share it with you. And I wish I could be more exact, but unfortunately I can't. Time has followed the memory, I'm afraid. On another note, I really enjoy the true crime that you guys explore, and you do so with an incredible journalistic intent. You really dig into the information. You try to find the answers. And as I've mentioned before, what I admire most is that you never, ever make it about anything more important than the victims. And that's really who we must remember in these events. Also, I look forward to a lot more of the paranormal information from you. Keep checking around the New River Valley, speaking with people. Lots of people have had paranormal experiences. I can tell you stories they've told me. I believe people are very sensitive 
and that's how that they they see these spirits or these ghosts. I don't believe that I have the empathic ability to do so, but I know lots of other people who do. And they have lots of stories to tell, and I hope to hear them on your show. And there's a lot of urban and rural legends in the area as well, so keep digging those up too. Because I really enjoy your work. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. That was a lot to take in. Yeah. And if you guys couldn't hear him at times, it was sort of muffled. We were able to hear him well. We have like the transcript of the, the voicemail, and Josh wrote all the notes he could <laughs> yeah, while listening because yeah. it, it was a lot. Processing everything and <clears throat> taking notes at the exact yes. same time. Rob, thank you so much. You're so articulate yeah. with your <clears throat> storytelling. I was in it. I was in. I was. I was in it. I was. There were times I was looking at Justin like, "What?" <laughs> it literally. He literally sounded sounded like a Stephen King novel. Yeah, I felt like I got a free audio book. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so did you guys. For real, that was good. <laughs> that was insane. He at, at the beginning he he mentioned like who he was, what he did, or what he does, and then he mentioned like Radford's dark history with you know vampires like there there is actual like people who practice vampirism and i'm sure that's what he was talking about those yeah. that, that couple then he talked about his pocahontas thing and then um rats in the steam tunnel yeah that was flesh that was interesting rats. Yeah. flesh eating rats yeah. i never heard of that so let's see what did he say these are all from 30 years ago yes Student at Radford University, late 80s, early 90s. And he said that used to hear a lot of spooky tales. Right. Um, a lot of the times, students went into steam tunnels to access the HVAC mm-hmm. from the power plant. Uh, the urban legend, giant flesh-eating rats in the steam tunnel. There are Holy guacamole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then to say uh, like stories or rumors of people who went in and never came out. God. Which is probably not true. No, but we can go and investigate, maybe. <laughs> Gonna have to ask people, have you ever saw anyone come into this steam tunnel that never came out? Right. Like, is there anyone missing that last known location yeah. is around these steam yeah. tunnels? Did they get carried off by a giant rat? <laughs> it's possible, it sounds like. But if you think about it, though, like, if you've ever been in steam tunnels or a dungeon or something, like, in a... Like, at the old hospital in Giles. Yes. Like, you, if you're ever in there in those places, like, it's scary enough without rats or yeah. without anything. It's just... And it's that damn Freddy Krueger. <laughs> That's why stuff like that is so scary. Right, right. Because you just think of him running around with his little claws, tapping on all the pipes and such. Yes. Damn it, Wes Craven. <laughs> Freddy. Ah, you bitch! <laughs> you bitch! On fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Uh, his freshman year, he lived in Muse, which you said you lived in Muse. Yes, and it was miserable. There was no AC, Probably and I was then too. yeah, and I was on the twelfth floor where he mentioned huh. the wow. hanging. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, legend of a student who hung himself on the twelfth floor. Yeah. Uh, never confirmed a reason, though he did say that the rumor was maybe a girlfriend or yeah. school got too hard. And I remember that they had the windows locked up. 
Yeah, it said they welded the doors. Yeah. Welded the doors shut on the 12th floor. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah. Um, only experience he had... Only experiences, which he has a lot. Yeah. But to start off, um, working the night shift, he'd go about campus and wander around, uh, get a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven. Remembers a couple with a large dog walking the grounds. He was only 20 or 21, and the people uh, were, or were in their 30s. Dressed as goth, heavy jewelry, long dark hair, man and a woman. Uh, always wore glasses at the dead of night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept speaking. They called themselves vampires. Very friendly, but macabre. Not dangerous. Um, for all those, for all he knows, wandering the campus at night. Uh, that's just all they were doing. Yeah, you know, walking their dog. Yeah, Which, you know, goth weirdos. I mean, I can relate. <laughs> I wouldn't even call you weird, right? It's, right. You're just living. Yeah, living the dream. That goth life. Man. Yeah. If you see anyone who looks different than you, and you start to judge them, just realize that they have the power and the ability to go out dressed however they want in public, and you can. That was a great PSA. I'm just letting you know. I love it. <laughs> Don't don't disrespect people for living their lives. Uh, no, not not at all. Not yeah, right. exactly. And uh, which obviously wasn't what was happening here. No, I'm just letting everybody. goth boy click on black little peep. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Around the witching hour, he thought there was a ghost on campus. Yeah. Real hot, foggy night. Which uh, I can tell you, I get up real early in the morning to go Sorry. to work, and sometimes that fog, man. Around five o'clock in the morning, five thirty. It's, it's thick. It's thick on too. the mountain. Um, he said he saw the big pale form of a woman, stone still, white as marble. Yeah. And she was a statue. Yeah. Uh, Pocahontas statue that didn't have a permanent home and would move around. Which honestly, if you didn't know that that was a statue and it was moving around, and you yeah. saw it a bunch of different places on campus. I would freak the hell out. Even too. at night, if it was a statue and just yeah. randomly moves. Yeah, yeah. How'd this get here? Cryptic. It's cryptic out of here. Uh, terrified when he saw it, but LOL'd when he found out what it yeah. was. Yeah. Which I would too, right? Same. You'd have to. Uh, there were people who experienced the real thing at Radford. Uh, friends who lived downtown near Main Street, like in bars and stuff or around those mm-hmm. areas. Uh, the Warren Apartments he brought up. Some of the people who lived there heard of poltergeists who would knock on doors or stuff like that. Which, when he said that, knock on doors, and then later on he talks about how someone knocked on their door. Yeah. And then kind of came in. Makes you wonder. Now, I'll say this. This is my story. uh, Like a personal story. My grandma was in the nursing school at Radford. She had a story where the headmistress, and it was just her and the headmistress and everyone else had left. I think my mom all had to pull, like, duty at mm-hmm. Radford and work while everyone else went home. She said late that night she heard someone up and walking around and everything and, like, heard the steps come up and walk by her door. And she was like, huh, that's weird. I didn't, don't expect the headmistress to be up that late. And said she really didn't think anything of it until she woke up the next morning and the headmistress looked at my mom and said, were you up walking walking around last night? My mom was like, no. Mm. I was not. Um, they eventually tore down where she stayed, and her and my papa went over there, and she was going to take a brick. But when she picked up the brick, I think my papa said to her, uh, you know, 
you might be taking something else home with you. Right. Than just this brick. What she said she put it down and was like, okay. Wise man there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that maybe puts it in perspective of when they tore this stuff down, especially the old hospital that was in Radford. They yeah. tore that down. Who knows what was just kind of left. Yeah. And has made its way into the into the college. Well, down. Morgan mentioned in the last episode that she stayed in Washington Hall, which is one of the dorms on Rafa campus. That's where she experienced a lot of paranormal activity. That's where she experienced a tall dark figure hovering over her mm-hmm. when she was experiencing sleep paralysis. Yeah. And this, you know, my dad, he was uh did maintenance over at the old hospital. And he told a story of where he pulled up mm-hmm. and looked up in one of the windows and there was a woman. Ugh. And I think he even mentioned something mm-hmm. like that, like seeing. Oh, okay. And that same experience of him being like, because yeah. he always told me, he's like, it's haunted. Right. It's haunted there. There's right. stuff going on there that I cannot explain. Man, Bradford. It's yeah. full, of, full of the spooks. Right. What are we going to uncover there? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, one of his friends had a spirit in the apartment uh, was pacing the floor at night uh, no one was ever there mm-hmm. uh, another friend had a spatula go missing while cooking Yeah, and he also said ghosts had a sense of humor yeah you know? just like you know like ha ah, take your spatula yeah. which like some spirits do yeah. do have a sense of humor they toy like, with you they're not always evil right you know they might just be this is funny to me yeah you know out of- that, that's a perfect thing that you said because uh, Zach Bagans in his book Dark World that I'm reading he said not all ghosts are bad mm-hmm. a lot of people just think they, they assume that they're they're evil trying to you know uh, and that's what I said like earlier doesn't it like if I were to see a ghost now like it would might be more beneficial to you to try to address it rather than run away from it yeah. because you don't know what it's trying to tell you right you know I mean, this might sound real dumb, but in our movie Main Street, right? Yeah. That's kind of the whole premise of the movie. Exactly. Is a spirit's trying to tell this guy, hey, this guy killed me. Yeah. And I need you to go out and get my exactly. revenge. You know? Like Ghost, Patrick Swayze. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Rest in peace to the king. R.I.P. Uh, and they're remaking Roadhouse. Conor McGregor? Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, so they contacted a guy named Adam who was a warlock. Hell yeah. Which, if I think correctly, I think there was a wrestler or something or some sort of pop culture called Adam Warlock. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like Adam Warlock. I'll pull that up. You just keep, you yeah. keep going. Um, he was practicing magic. He wore a lot of frayed dim- denim. Sorry. Fingernail polish. A mohawk. Uh, I also wrote here he was metal as fuck. Yeah. Um... If you think about it, late 80s, early 90s. Love you it. Know, totally the style. Gelled up mohawk. Oh, yeah. Totally the style. He says like eight inches tall. Yeah. Totally the style. Uh, had a ring of a prosthetic eye. Yes. Anymore. Yep. Um, this Adam guy does sound metal. He sounds um, great. I would love to meet him. Seriously, right? Are you still practicing? Yeah. Uh, but he didn't believe he was a warlock, which I would totally agree if I'm meeting up with a bunch of college kids that uh, don't. Obviously, you're not a seasoned maybe, professional. Maybe he's just trying to impress the girl. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, especially if they're into it. Yeah, you know. Like so, they, uh, Adam Warlock, originally known as him or Adam, is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there we go. go. Adam Warlock. Yep. I knew there was some sort of reference. There. Right. Right. Um, don't know what he did in terms of the magic of trying to get rid of this person. Mm-hmm. It's either an exorcism or he walked around with sage, but 
it worked for a while, whatever he did. Um, then late one afternoon, they heard a knock, and the friends said, you know, come in, mm-hmm. but no one was there. Like, they didn't hear anybody pacing the halls, they didn't hear anybody walking around, nothing. And then soon after that, all the ghost sightings resumed. And that kind of what brought brings me back to the hospital being torn down and all these possibly haunted buildings where yeah. these spirits go. Especially if you have people there who are, like, practicing. Right. You know, going through the process of summoning spirits and all of that. Didn't he mention that whatever he did in that apartment, it kind of seized the, yeah, the haunting? Yeah, and it, then... he said it stopped for a while, but as soon as they heard that knock and said, yeah. come in... Because they told us at St. Albans after we filmed there, you know, like, tell yourself before you go inside your home, like, hey, y'all can't come in with me. Yeah. You know, which I totally forgot to do. (laughs) And uh, once I left my apartment, I said, y'all can stay here. Yeah. I'm leaving. (laughs) Y'all are good here. The next tenants will take care of you. Well, do you remember when we did that, I experienced some paranormal stuff, like, two weeks after we filmed like I was laying in bed and I'm at my mom's house and I would hear footsteps walking around in the middle of the night this was like 11 12 a.m. yeah so I text mom like are you laying in bed and she's like or I'm like are you walking around she's like no I'm laying in bed I'm like I swear somebody's walking around the house and it was only me and her at the time and then another night it felt like somebody tried to grab my ankle while I'm laying in bed. Mm. Yeah. It was weird. Mm. But yeah. You know, I never, I didn't have any experiences. Really? Not even while we were in there. Mm. You know, I know some people while we were in there, they had experiences, could feel stuff, but I never felt anything. You were kind of against it back then. Now you seem more open now. So yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah. But even then, like, it's not like I was telling myself no I don't want to be contacted Mm -hmm. there I was more so just afraid yeah you know like I was afraid right and Tina which bless you Tina right she was just like well they just don't contact people who they feel like aren't going to give them I guess worthy gotcha like conversation or or whatever you do with spirits you know the connection I'm not giving out that energy right um let's see where was I so they let the spirit back in the house but um he said something real funny. Uh, made a point to never just let anyone in. Mm-hmm. I always go and check to see who it was. Which uh, Rob like has done his research on the occult and Wiccans and witchcraft and stuff. And even if you're a non-believer, mm-hmm. but you consider yourself spiritual or even religious, yeah, like to deny other religions that have been around or practiced during Christianity. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. Like witchcraft and stuff was legitimate during that time. Uh, if you ever want to watch a great movie, Robert Eager's The Witch. Yeah, one of the greatest movies ever. Unsettling will blow your mind. Yeah, absolutely blow your mind. Uh, Dost thou want the land of milk and honey? <laughs> uh, uh, but his girlfriend at the time lived in an apartment on Clement. Yes, he couldn't remember the address for the apartment, but uh, the apartment matches the same uh, from the cutting story. Yeah. The same look of it and everything. Which I guess we could probably look up and see when that building was made. Yeah. Uh, or built or whatever. You gotta think 89, That's a long time. That's yeah. almost 30 years. But I could see it. I mean, yeah. it didn't look like it was that amazing by any means. Right. Um, 
but everything looked very familiar. But a different floor. He said it was like up four flights of steps. Yeah. So whatnot on the bottom. Right. Um, different room, but the complex. But the complex um, where he's talking about two girls were friendly. Um, his girlfriend at the time moved in with these two girls. Uh, these two girls were friendly, shared meals, watched television. You know, they hung out, were able to cultivate a pretty good relationship. After a couple weeks, she started talking about the girls being weird and freaky. Mm-hmm. Kind of goth look to them, kind of like the other people. Uh, they had pentagrams and stuff. Uh, she thought they were devil worshippers, which, honestly, I think anybody who sees anything that's considered spiritual. Pentagram, you know. I think even if you showed somebody crystals, yeah, they'd be like, you're worshipping the devils, even right. if you're just into astrology yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but they were asking for like elaboration. They would, or when he asked for elaboration on what they would do, mm-hmm. they would chant and do spells. Burned a lot of candles and such to hide a smell, like other smells, yeah, and stuff. We were curious on what that might have been. Yeah, which my first thought was, all oh, the college maybe they're smoking weed and burning Pot. candles, yeah. you know. But also. You don't know what's going on there. Maybe pot helps with the um, seeing stuff. Maybe. Maybe like they're using it as a as a way to trip. Yeah. You know. A door if you've opening. never smoked pot before, mm-hmm. your first time smoking pot is going to be very intense. Right. Especially if you do it like right, you take a big inhale and everything. Right. Um, they didn't tell her, but they didn't hide it. Like, they were doing all this stuff. Yeah. They just weren't outright with her. She would go into her room and hide away. They had an ornate knife with a large hilt and blade. Yeah. Which sounds like a sacrificial knife. Yeah. And if you're hiding a smell, maybe you're sacrificing some, like, animals Cats, or something. Maybe. Cats, sure. That's anything. a good theory. That is a great theory. If you think about it. No, that's just, like, me going and thinking, like, I mean, what else would you do? Yeah. You know, you're not cutting cheese <laughs> under it, you know? Uh, but they, she did, or he did say they didn't do anything dangerous with it, mm-hmm. as far as you know he knows. Um, but they did hold it up at the moon like a cross, enchanted yeah. things with the uh, knife, drawing pentagrams and stuff. Talked about uh, calling um, calling them gardenarian witchcraft that witchcraft. they were practicing. Yeah, um, they were doing that to call down the moon to draw a circle of power. The only way to find out anything was to go to bookstores in Blacksburg and Radford, and that's how he started learning so much mm-hmm. about, um, you know, that witchcraft. specific. Wicked. Yeah, and I had it pulled up because I read it earlier. Um, it it describes like it being not so violent or whatever, but this quote from uh, the book: "Witches are inclined to the morality." Of the legendary good king Possol, Possol, quote, do what you like so long as you harm no one, but they believe a certain law to be important, quote, you must not use magic for anything which will cause harm to anyone, and if to prevent a greater wrong being done, you must discommode someone, as in hurt someone. You must do it only in a way which will abate the harm. So, take what you will with that. That's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's messed up. Yeah. Um, But, 
the Gardner witchcraft was from a guy named Gerald Gardner. He wrote about the wicked, the Wiccan religion. Book of Shadows. Yeah, the modern practice uh, to give, I guess, to give tradition of ancient and olden practices, so everyone was doing everything the same way. Um, but he said covens today modify the practices. Uh, he produced the Book of Shadows, who mm-hmm. talked about the uh, circles of power, initiate new members, call down the moon, and summon spirits. Uh, that right there, when he said that, that we we paused the recording, and we we kind of like looked at ourselves, and we were like, you know, what if something happened? That they did some something, yeah, and it's there. I mean, you know, I think if you don't know what you're doing, it's very a lot dangerous. Of, a lot of dangerous. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing with Bloody Mary, and look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's just between us. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you can get. Con- but even cons- we didn't do like the full. That's the thing. Like we didn't even do the whole Bloody Mary yeah. tradition. Like correctly mm-hmm. but there is like a bunch of different interpretations right which is if you think about it this guy was maybe trying to stop a lot of this stuff from happening yeah yeah because it's like hey if there's all one way that we're doing it mm-hmm. and maybe the experience just get on it they're like have you picked up the book of shadows like, <laughs> right. this is how people are trying yeah, to this is the right way <laughs> this is this is the way we're doing it now. yeah and uh but this girl she took it as an evil approach to uh her Christian beliefs yeah. and her values, um, but he just took it. You know, this is a practice of a religion. Mm-hmm. You know, a religion. Who knows if it goes back to paganism? You know, a lot of pagan religions are older than Christianity. Yeah, you know, when you're worshiping like an earth god or a sun god or something, right? Um, which is pretty crazy. Like I could totally see where somebody would get afraid of that, but from what we've learned. It's not a, an attack. Right. Like, um, you know, they talk about just being more in touch with nature, mm-hmm. stuff like that. She never mentioned sleep paralysis, though, or yeah. um, anything like that. However, I think it was, that's kind of like a new term nowadays. Mm-hmm. So maybe she did experience, who knows, maybe she did, maybe yeah. she didn't. But that term, I think, is fairly new. In term like... Yeah. And what people talk about, in culture, like what yeah. happens. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because they she did have nightmares of running from demons. Yeah. So who's to say that she? Maybe her sleep paralysis. She was talking about the nightmare, and she was seeing demons or whatever. Yeah. Maybe that was her sleep paralysis. Very possible. Um, the girls themselves. Oh, I just lost my place. God. <laughs> it's a lot of writing. It is. Yeah. Um, the girl themselves never threatened her, but she was more afraid of their practice. Mm-hmm. He has learned witchcraft is not evil, rarely anything to do with the devil, uh, more so to become closer with nature and control nature itself. Positive influence on life or others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very possible, though, and this goes with anything, they were practicing gray or black magic. Yeah. Um, they were young didn't know what they were doing maybe thought it was cool yeah you know it's like busting out a Ouija board yeah and not really knowing what to expect um which like I had family members play with a Ouija board uh way back maybe in the 70s mid 70s early 70s or so and um 
they had they said that a big head popped out. Jesus. Talking to them. Yeah. And they all ran up the steps and were like freaking out and everything. None of them have talked about it since. Jesus. Maybe we can persuade them to be on the podcast. Yeah. I have to get my mom to tell the story because yeah. it's pretty crazy. Right. Yeah, they all went downstairs. Lights were off and everything. Jesus. They lit candles, pricked, the, pricked their fingers. Oh, okay. That's, that's just went, asking for trouble. They went hard. Yeah, <laughs> they went hard. Um... Yeah, probably practicing. <laughs> you lost his place. I keep losing my place. Um, so they were practicing gray or dark magic, you know, whatever. Um, still can't find my place. <laughs> oh, there we go. They were young and didn't know what they were doing. An experience of them opening the doorway of something that they couldn't control. Yeah. Um, or maybe that they didn't even know that they opened. Yeah. The spirit was just like, all right, these fools don't even know I'm here. I'm just going to step up. Yeah, I'm just going to go out of here. Wreak havoc. Yeah. I am here to ruin some lives uh, for the next 30 years. God. Perhaps it was, uh, perhaps something was there looking for an opportunity, or it had always been there. Mm -hmm. It may not be linked to Louisa Cutting, but there is so much paranormal activity going on in Radford campus. Yeah. And now it just kind of seems like Radford in general. Yeah. Um, Does he think she really saw the devil? Yes. Mm -hmm. Which. It's kind of made me wonder if you're going to commit such an evil and atrocious act that is there not some part of you that goes into a really dark place? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, I've thought about it. If you kill someone, do you, like, sell your soul to the devil? You must. To take a life, like, you, you, yeah, you must. give yours, like, your afterlife or whatever? Yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't really know what the... What what all's going on yeah. in the grand scheme of things? But it makes you wonder. Thou shalt not kill, right? And what what if that's like the blood seal? Yeah, you know of where your neck. No matter what your next existence is going, because mm-hmm. um, I believe when Cain killed Abel, wasn't he like forced to walk the earth for? Yeah, something like that. I could be wrong. I think you're right. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Saw the de- uh, believe that she he that she saw the devil while she attacked her and after. Yeah. Don't know if it's a demon from another plane, but she saw the face of evil on herself or in that room. She described a cocktail of drugs, but was never tested, um, which we talked about. And we talked about that they didn't find any drugs Nothing. there, I mean, they except squeaked, for that chalk-like substance, which, which never came back as anything. Yeah. So, which what where the hell? What's yeah? You know, there's so much time that's not accounted for in what we read that what really happened yeah um and with them just being so close yeah you know um as he's become more familiar with the practice maybe they caused something to happen that they couldn't control um both louisa and them you know if there was a energy in there and maybe louisa just had so much going on and this was a evil spirit that mm-hmm. thought it could corrupt her. Maybe take. they were fighting, like, you know, just arguing sometimes, and the dark energy maybe lightened the fire even more. Yeah. Who knows? Like, just had, she had that susceptibility yeah. of having that happen. Um, don't know if it's the same building or even the same block. Yeah. But... It is Clement Street. Yeah. If they caught something, it could still be there. Yeah. You know, even if it's three floors above mm-hmm. or something. 
Um, don't know what happened to everyone involved with his girlfriend at the time and his uh, and the two people she lived with. Yeah. Hope that they're all okay. Absolutely. Same. same. We, we hope so too. Yeah. Honestly. Um, then he, you know, he just went on and talked about how he really enjoyed enjoys the podcast and how great we're doing which is yeah that means awesome that that means the world yeah Yeah. it's so cool always love that yeah that was a lot and they're bold claims bold theories the conversation should never stop at she just murdered yeah because there's always there's always a motive no one ever does anything for no reason yeah there's always a motive reason there's always something that causes it. And I think that if you call yourself religious or spiritual or anything like that, it is not far-fetched to believe that someone would be corrupted by the devil. Right. Or by evil energies yeah. or anything like that. You know? I mean, Judas turned his back on the Son of God. Yep. And he even knew it. Yep. You know? There's anybody can do anything for any number of reasons. Exactly. So with that, was this witchcraft back in 92, I think that's what he mentioned, was this the cause of Morgan's story, another gentleman's story from across the other apartment talking about how he had sleep paralysis as well? Is it connected to Louisa Cutting and Alex Cannon? We don't know, but it's interesting. It makes sense if you're into, you know, that belief like what we are. Yeah. It might be controversial to some who are listening, and we're sorry, but, I mean, it's interesting. I'm not really sorry. Okay. It's just a theory. <laughs> it's I just mean, a theory, It's yeah. literally just a thought. Yeah. All the stuff we said on the last episode, 90% of it could not be true. That's true, yeah. You know? None of us were there. None of mm-hmm. us know Luis's motive. Even in the stuff that we read, you don't really know. Right. You know, even the per- people we talk to don't know. Mm-hmm. But so, all, the, all the things that we've gathered and how they're connecting and intertwining yeah. together, it makes sense. But, like, to end the episode, though, like, out of everything that we talked about really here, this is about Alexa, mm-hmm. and somebody lost... A very good family member, a daughter, um, who had a whole life to live, you know? Um, Going to college. Yeah. Pursue what she loved to do. Exactly, you know? And it kind of shows, like, her family really cared about her Mm -hmm. and cared about life. So much so, they cared about Louisa, too. Yeah. They didn't want this to ruin her life, you know? And that just goes to show that kind of people that she came from and what the person she was so obviously you know let's not forget about that right rest in peace alexa absolutely um yeah so with that like we said at the beginning of the episode we wrote a letter to (laughs) sorry that was creepy yeah that was creepy behind me with that being said we we wrote a letter to louisa we don't know if she'll even get it but if she does, and if she writes back, we will obviously share it on the show. See what she says. See if she wants to continue the conversation together. Who knows? Maybe we can get her on the phone. That would be insane. Yeah. But 
We'll see. We'll see. Because, yeah. you know, also, I mean, we're asking somebody to relive, like, the worst moment of their life. Absolutely. You know. Mm-hmm. So, who knows what will happen. But because you know it's on her mind every day. Oh, I don't know how you don't think about it. Yeah. You know. It's kind of like the 911 call we listened to about the kid. Like, you could see towards the end that the shock was starting to wear mm-hmm. off and the realization it's like of, man i'm oh, not gonna forget this oh my god what have i done yeah what have i done yep. you know and maybe that's that shade of evil yep. coming over you you know because no one in their right mind is going to kill someone stabbing your best friend possibly lo- possible lover over a hundred times yeah with a kitchen knife mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. but yeah uh if we don't hear anything, like, we might take a week off where I'll be on vacation or whatever. We might not. It just depends on Well, we can scheduling. go together. Yeah, we can throw you together. Know. Yeah. And might be a real short episode. Yeah. Who knows? But we'll let you guys know on the socials. Facebook, private, private group. Uh, it's crypto, cryptic out there. I can't speak anymore for some uh, reason, man. It's, it's cryptic out there. <laughs> it's cryptic out there. It's cryptic out there podcast on Facebook, private group, Instagram. It's cryptic out there. Hotline, 540-358-1583. You can text. You can call like Rob. Um, email, it's cryptic out there at gmail.com. And yeah, a five star of the podcast on yeah, yeah. Apple Podcast, Spotify. Like, give us a like. Give us a like on, on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. Please subscribe. Yeah. It helps the algorithm, helps mm-hmm. us be noticed more. Because we would love to share these crazy stories to yeah. large amounts of people. For because sure. I think they need to be heard. And really, like, the more people that hear it gives us the more. Like, the more people who might have something to say. Exactly. The more experiences that they've ran. Yeah. And if you've ever experienced some crazy paranormal stuff at Radford University or Radford City in general, please reach out to us. Yeah. Because we would love to hear it. If there's anything you want us to cover, yeah. anything that you you want us to research or try and find out about, anything like that, you know, hit us up. We'll always listen to what you got to say. Absolutely. Um, I don't think there's anything that we won't investigate. No. You know, even <laughs> even if it's like a ten minute episode of us being like, we literally found nothing. Yeah, no. I'm a weirdo. I will do anything. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I've gone this far. I'll go in those tunnels to find those rats. I will, I guess. And the bodies, maybe. <laughs> anyway. That would that. Yeah, Josh. Happy I got birthday. one more thing to say. Um, you know, we just 20, held, 20, huh? We just held hands for a second. I know. <laughs> twenty five was awful for me. Yeah. Literally the worst year of my life. Um, I went through so much mentally, and, um, you know, if there's anything I can say, I just want to say thanks to everybody who listens. Uh, the podcast, even in my darkest times, has brought me some of, like, the brightest moments of my life. Uh, so I'm very appreciative appreciative of it, you know. Um, everyone who has just nice things to say. Everyone who's wished me a happy birthday on the Facebook page. More importantly, though, like, if mentally you're struggling... And you have problems, go get help. Yeah. Go get help. I have to be completely honest. I recently have been medicated and it's changed my life so much to the point that, like, I used to wait or hate waking up every morning just mm. because I hated living. Mm. Now I'm so excited to, like, wake up in the day because every day is new. It's mm. been a mindset change and a perspective change. 
And, um, you know. Medicine helps. Sometimes, like, yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I literally just sit here and think, like, I'm so happy Mm -hmm. that it's not fair. (laughs) If that makes sense. I'm so happy compared to what I was that the reason I say it's not fair is that everyone should feel this happy. Even if you don't. And I don't even have a ton of shit going on, guys. <laughs> it's not like I'm living some grand life, won a lottery, I'm hanging out on a yacht. By any means. I'm just happy and content with where I'm at and what I have. And to me, that is like the greatest gift that anyone can get is just being happy and content with what you have. So, you know, just go out there and get help if you need it. Cryptic boys always got your back. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't say it a better better way. Josh, we love you. I, yeah, love, I love you. I love everybody. Guys. Loves you. Yeah. I love everybody. Yeah, man. Love them. They're so cool. Yeah, everybody's great. <laughs> well, thanks again for being on and being my partner in crime. Love you, buddy. Love you. <laughs> and everybody, lastly, watch your back. It's cryptic out there. Mm-hmm.